Welcome, guys, to the Leadership to Wealth podcast. So glad to uh, be with you guys again and uh, to have another guest that will be able to share their wealth of knowledge about uh, taking leadership uh, of your own life. And our guest today, he has spent uh, nine years in the U.S. Army and uh, National Guard, and he has uh, done so much in his time there. He spent 28 years in various positions, helping departments in areas of IT, materials, quality, uh, logistics, manufacturing operations throughout the United States, Canada, Mexico, England, Thailand. He's managed $80 million in manufacturing operations. And he has founded his consulting firm, 1310 Business Solutions, where he helps his clients and supports them in a couple of areas. And you're going to love this when you hear it. He's been helping business leaders and managers gain solutions for useless meetings, missed customer deadlines, stretched budgets, and lack of time for their personal life. And he has been focusing at being a leader for business leaders. And our guest today is Chuck Kanebush. Chuck, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Neil. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So useless meetings. <laughs> Everybody, I'm sure, has been, whether, whether you... You're an employee, whether you're an, an owner, business leader, whatever it is, you've probably been part of uh, useless meetings. What is it about that that uh, you know that that it keeps happening over and over again? Why do we have this phenomenon of useless meetings? Well, if I had that answer, I think we could go ahead and make them all go away instantly. So I don't know that I have that answer, but. You know, what, what I look at uh, when I was in corporate America and I, I was sent a meeting request is, does it have an objective? Do we know what we're, we're trying to achieve by bringing a group of people together for a period of time, whether it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, who knows how long after that? Um, and if it's a decision that, that needs to be made, absolutely, I'd probably want to be there to, if, if it affected my area. If it's an FYI, now all of a sudden, maybe I can go, maybe I can't go. Because, you know, and I know, I mean, every year I was in corporate America, we had the big benefits meeting. Everybody had to come for, for them to roll out the new benefits package, the new health care. So, yeah, we had to attend those. But, I mean, short of those, I mean, if you don't have an objective, if you don't have a decision that's going to be made, are you really required to be at the meeting? Yeah. Well, so then I guess the question is, why is it that, you know, most people that run businesses or uh, these companies, what what is it uh, that they're missing ab about that when they're when they're setting up the the meetings? Because obviously they they keep doing the meeting, hoping to reach a certain objective and but yet they keep coming in without, uh, without these items ready to go. Well, I mean, I've actually been in meetings where after an hour, the only result was we set up another meeting. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, it sounds crazy, but it happens. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think it's because we, we don't take control. We don't go in. We don't go in with that objective. Hey, what do we expect to walk out of here with? And is that really a valuable use of our time? If it takes us an hour to go ahead and schedule another meeting to talk about whatever we were supposed to talk about this hour, we've wasted an hour of everybody's time. Mm -hmm. So an objective is the is kind of the, the first foremost. I mean, I know some people like agendas. I'm not against them. But agendas generally just outline what are we going to talk about? They're going to, you know, who's going to speak and for how long or how long are we going to be on this topic? But it never goes ahead and necessarily brings us to a conclusion. And that's why I think the objective is far more important. Now, why does everybody get invited? Again, I, I think we're all kind of scared. Well, we don't want to leave so-and-so out, or we don't want to leave this function out because, you know, they might go ahead and be a roadblock. Yes. So instead, what are we going to do? We're going to go ahead and waste an hour of their time to sit in a meeting to listen to something that they may or may not 
go ahead and have some input on it. Is that really what we want to go ahead and do? When we start thinking about it as this is our money that we're, we're spending, whether we're in a big corporate America or we're in a, a small family-run business, if we start thinking about, hey, this is our money, and would I go ahead and pay each one of these people whatever their rate is? I mean, and you can pick a number. I don't care what it is, whether it's $20 an hour or $100 an hour. Pick a number, run it in your mind. Would you pay that out of your pocket to get all these people together and just talk about something without coming up with a decision, a path forward, resolving a problem, you know, some objective that would go ahead and be worth and be a value add to the company that would go ahead and exceed the time that was spent by everybody. Hmm. Yeah. You know, actually I, I worked for the military for a number of years and I remember many times being in these meetings where you know, rolling my eyes because everyone was just complaining. You know, you'd get this topic by the time you got to the end of that topic and we had agendas. And by the time you got to the end of that topic, nobody had actually said anything worthwhile. It had just been more and more complaining by the different people there. And then I remember, I want to share a story because I remember we had a um, an army major that came in and he completely revamped it and in that on the agenda, he wanted to know who had said what from the last meeting and who was responsible to provide an update or information at this meeting. And so literally we would go to those topics. That person spoke <laughs> and gave their update and uh, they knew in advance that they were going to get asked about those items so they came in ready and it was amazing how the complaining sort of disappeared it it stopped being an opportunity for everyone to uh to just air whatever grievances instead everyone was focused on became focused on how do we move this objective forward oh there's the word objective move <laughs> move that forward and um you know and and the goal became instead of just addressing items, how do we move them into the the bottom of the list, which was completed item? And uh, and that completely changed things. And it was something that I've uh, that I adopted after that in, into uh, any meetings myself. And and so when you're talking about objectives, I think that has great value. Now. For the business owner, you know, for the business manager, when they're coming in there, how can they, how can they create those objectives, or be certain about them themselves? Because I think sometimes, well, not sometimes, it's the manager or the owner that doesn't know what their real objective is. How do they even identify for themselves? Because sometimes you just get into the daily running of your business. And we need to talk about this. I'm not even sure what I'm trying to get out of it. Well, and I think that that's right. Absolutely. That happens to a lot of us because we get so involved in working in the business rather than working on the business. Hmm. Sometimes we have to step back. We have to go ahead and set expectations. In your story with the major, he set expectations and said, look, if we do have business that goes from meeting to meeting, because that happens, whether it's in projects or you know, in, in military operations or whatever, then we go ahead and know exactly what they are. We put that as part of the expectations, as part of the objective of the meeting to say, hey, we're going to listen to so-and-so and so-and-so, and they're going to tell us about this. Now, again, setting those expectations, it may be, you know, you're setting expectations with those people to make sure they come in prepared, but it may even go further and say, okay, if it's something kind of complex, send it around to everybody ahead of time so they can read it, they can review it, they can write out their questions and their notes. So when they come in, we're now going ahead and providing value. Because again, is it valuable just to go ahead and pass around a book and say, hey, everybody read it right now, or a report, say everybody read it now, and we're all gonna read it together over the next 15 minutes? Probably not. Um, I would rather go ahead and say, you find time to read it before our next meeting, if our next meeting is in a week, go ahead and, and you know read it before you, you come, come with your questions. And what the value of the meeting then is, is getting people together 
to have that question and answer, to bounce ideas, to go ahead and take us to that next level rather than just to go ahead and read something and say, okay, um, I'll get back with you next week. Chuck, you just hit the nail on the head. It it used to drive me bonkers being in a meeting where all of a sudden someone would put up a slideshow or something and or pass out a document and start reading the document in front of us. And I would sit there and think, I I can read this document on my own. Yeah, if you if you just send it to me, you know, or let me go read it and come back the next time. But no they're not adding any other value. They're literally reading from the document. And, and I'm not sure why people feel the need to do that and produce this hard copy with the exact same things that they just said. Um, but that seems to be a common practice for, well, uh, for a lot of people. But it's easy for us. I mean, I, I mean, I started somewhere too. And yes, I would go ahead and bring either my slide deck or my report or whatever else. And I just read it. Mm. Why? Because I didn't know any better. But I had some great executives. I had some great leaders in the military who said, no, 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 that's not how we're going to go ahead and do it. What you're going to go ahead and do is you're going to prepare yourself ahead of the meeting. You're going to allow all the other attendees to prepare because while the meeting may go from 9 to 10 a.m., there's work that happens before the meeting for the meeting. So you know, send out that report at least a day before. Let everybody get a chance to read it because they can go ahead and schedule it into their time and then the expectation was that you come to the meeting prepared to discuss it. Go yeah. through the questions, go through, you know, because, the, you know, the reason I'm creating a report and giving it out to all these other functional areas and all these other people is because there may be a perspective that I didn't include, that I didn't consider. And that's what I'm trying to go ahead and get back. That's my value add. Their value add is they know that something is coming from my functional area that's going to be a change and may impact them. So now it starts to become a value add for everybody in the meeting and we can discuss it. And the objective is let's make sure everybody's on board so we can go, so we can go ahead and now implement this or deploy it. So, you know, it's, it's what you go ahead and start setting your expectations. What do you think of as your objective? Not just, Hey, we're just going to get together and shoot, you know, the breeze and complain and have a gripe session or whatever else. Not that a gripe session isn't valuable periodically just to blow off some steam, but it's not something that every meeting should be. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, that, that is interesting because I remember, although we might've had an hour booked for, for a committee meeting or something like that. I remember that if we were done in 15 minutes, he'd end the meeting and, and off we go. And um, actually, spoke up and said okay look if if what you have to say has to add to this has to add to this item then feel free to say it otherwise uh we're we're not here to just rehash whatever issues uh that you might have uh around it if you've if you've got something to add to it then go ahead otherwise um you know we can we can discuss it later and maybe have a separate meeting to identify those items. And that, that was always interesting. So let me ask this. If you had a lot of expertise in this area, uh, years and years of being in these different areas within companies, was it just natural to go ahead and start building on this uh, for your consulting company? Or did you see something there that you thought, I need to provide this support for business leaders. Well, I've been retired about a year. And my wife was like, you need to find a hobby or find a job. Don't care <laughs> and, you know, we were looking back. We had built a house in Texas. Uh, we had, um, during COVID, we had built a pool. We had worked with a number of small businesses and contractors and seen things that they had done either extremely well and loved but also seen some stuff that they had not done quite so well. And boy, you know, I'd like to get in and work with them to improve their business operation. So mm -hmm. they are more loved. They are more engaged with their customers. Their customers now can become fans of theirs 
rather than having a bad experience. And in some cases, it wasn't a whole lot of difference. It wouldn't have taken much. Um, and that's kind of what my book, the, the perspective of my book is. Um, Hope is not a business strategy. I take um, probably different contractors that we've used over the last five or 10 years, don't use any name, and show what they've done very well or what they've done poorly and what could be done differently um, and applied. I mean, a great example is a plumber. Try calling a plumber at 2 a.m. Now, you're never going to call the office. You're never going to go ahead and necessarily reach that plumber. But the plumber, because they like their time off, their, their time away from work also, but they have created an emergency process. So if your toilet is backing up, if your house is flooding, whatever, there is a way to reach them, usually through an emergency number, through somebody who's going to filter out, is this really an emergency or are you just calling because your faucet has a tiny little drip, drip, drip leak? They'll evaluate. They'll, they'll triage it much like, you know, uh, uh, an emergency room will. And if it is an emergency, they'll pass it on to the plumber who's on call. And a lot of times if there's multiple plumbers, they'll rotate that. If it's just a, a solopreneur, you know, the guy gets the call or the, the lady gets the call in the middle of the night and will come out. But realistically, they try and protect their time off and they create a process so you can go ahead and access them, but not necessarily immediately. So they're not answering every call at 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4 a.m. because they don't want to go ahead and answer every call. They want their sleep. They want their time away from work also. Mm -hmm. So how does a business owner even know that they should be calling in a consultant, uh, that they should be giving you a phone call or reaching out to you? How do, how do they even know that, that that's where they, they should be going? Well, I think they need to go ahead and start by looking at their life. Are they taking phone calls at 10 o'clock at night, at 6 o'clock in the morning? Someone's saying, hey, I've got this job I want you to bid on. Or, you know, the, the office calling it at, you know, 24 hours a day. Because if you can't step away from your business for a day, a week, even a month, you probably don't have processes to handle things. And I don't care whether you're in corporate America or you're a solopreneur, you ought to have processes in place so you can step away because it's not that you necessarily want to or you have to, but there may be a time where you do have to, a family emergency or whatever else. Do you want to go ahead and upset all your customers, all your, you know, all the other functions that rely on you by just being gone? Are you going to go ahead and be so worried about that that you can't focus on the family emergency or the vacation? It doesn't always have to be something bad. So I think by looking at your kind of your work-life balance, that's kind of where you start. Then you start saying, well, am I so deep into working in my business that I never get a chance to step back and work on my business? Because if we don't step back, if we don't have a chance to do some planning, are we really executing to our fullest? Do we have a lot of turnover and the new employee doesn't know how to go ahead and do their job and they're, you know, maybe they were trained from the employee who was leaving or moving up, but that job just isn't running as effectively or as efficiently as it was before. It may be because we don't have a process that's documented. But Chuck, I got to, let me interrupt you for a second. If, <laughs> as a business owner, one of the things that, that we don't realize is, when there is these issues, we usually we we don't see them because we've we're already some sort of alpha type, and we're going to go solve it because we're solution people. Um, and then the other issue I think that that you're going to run into is is that people, you know, when you're doing that, you're working yourself to the bone like that. It's because you don't have the money coming in to be able to perhaps uh, hire extra people or or consider bringing in a business consultant and so you're not think you're not thinking oh how can i spend money on somebody to uh to help them come in and solve this problem clearly i just need to keep working away at my business until i'm making enough money isn't wouldn't that be the concern always a concern absolutely um i mean the, the for the the alpha type i mean for the person who you know, they get into it, they're, they're working um, hard, 
but they're going to go ahead and notice that there are certain aspects of the business that they don't enjoy, that don't mm -hmm. re-energize them. I mean, for me, I'm not an accountant. Accounting would go ahead and totally stress me out. It would totally drain me. If I did an hour of accounting, it'd be like doing 12 hours in operations. I love operations. I enjoy it. I get a boost out of it. My energy goes up, not down after spending 12 hours in it. But if I spend an hour doing accounting, and I think if we all kind of step back and look at ourselves, we'll see aspects that we're not the, we're not the best at. Are those things that we can delegate? I mean, it might start out with just a, a virtual assistant where you're paying a little bit for some time because I understand you might not have money to do everything. But on the other hand, a little investment sometimes frees you up. You know, if if I could go ahead and free up that hour <laughs> that I have to do accounting, let, what else could I do in operations that would go ahead and be a bigger value to my company? Let, boost let me let me interrupt you for a quick second, Chuck. Let me let me interrupt you, Chuck. I'm a business owner. I'm busy. I don't have the time to spend with my family that I want. You're taught what you're saying is ludicrous. I don't I don't know what you're saying. Take off a week, take off a month. How am I supposed to do that? That doesn't make any sense. And how are you going to come in and and help me make more money in my business so that I can do these things? I I don't understand that. You you got to tell me. What is that? I mean, we're going to start looking at parts of your business that you don't enjoy and yeah. see if we can't go ahead and outsource those to somebody else by creating yeah. a repeatable process. I mean, there'll be things you can go ahead and decide whether you still make all the decisions or you might go ahead and let go of one or two. And initially, it's hard. You may not go ahead and, and give away any decisions, but you might have them do repeatable processes yeah. for you. But, but Chuck, look, I'm I uh, I want to make more money. I want to have that time off. What are you saying? We're repeatable processes. I got ten guys that keep telling me this. What am I going to do to make more money today? How do I do that? Can you help me do that? It may not happen today, but it will happen over a very very short period of time, because okay. you'd be surprised once we take off some of the responsibilities that you have and that you're doing what, you know, that, that you don't like, that don't give you energy, you're going to gravitate to ones that do create energy for you, that do create a value add, that do grow the business. Um, I mean, I, I, my wife and I worked with an architect at one point in time, his process of what project because architects are always working on multiple projects of which project to work on was whichever customer picked up the phone and called and said, Hey, have you made progress? So he would then ask all his architects, stop what you're doing, jump over to uh, Mary Smith's project because Mary Smith just called me and let's get working on that. The problem was Tom Jones called 15 minutes later, talks to the owner, the owner's like, yes, uh, Mr. Jones, I'll get on, on your project, tells all the architects, stop what you're doing. Let's jump over to Tom Jones's project. Well, in that time, it takes a technician, it takes an expert some time to go ahead and pack up what they were doing, set it aside in a way that they can open it up later, open up another project, get back into the rhythm of that, only to be told to shut that one down and get into another. So in those just few minutes, they may have wasted an hour, two hours, three hours worth of their, their um, architect's time. And then they say, what do I have to show for it at the end of the day? So by stepping back and creating a small, hey, how are we going to prioritize projects process, which is repeatable, that we can now go ahead and have our, our architects, our technicians actually working and getting eight hours worth of work done in an eight-hour day instead of two hours of work and six hours of constantly changing projects, as an example. Mm -hmm. Well. Chuck, I hear that and I'm thinking, okay, well, that's great because clearly those guys don't know how to run their own business because they got their employees running all over the place. But but I want to know how are you gonna help me 10x my business? I'm trying to I'm trying to build that up and and make more money. Those guys clearly don't know what they're doing. What are you saying that is possible for me? Why should I care that I want to bring you in and, and do something? Come on, show me the money. What, what am I going to do? 
what are I you guess. what are you gonna do for me chuck we're, we're show me sure, the money we're gonna start and make sure you have a very strong business foundation because right. again i i firmly agree in the growth but yeah. you can't go ahead and, and grow a business that's built been built on a foundation in a swamp yeah. So let's go ahead and make sure that your foundation is correct. Do you have values? Where do you want to? Where do you want this business to go? Do you have a vision? Do you have a, just a basic mission? I mean, we don't have to spend days, weeks, months on this, but you'd be surprised how many little, you know, family-run um, hardware stores you walk into, and they have a sign, and it says, you know, um, uh, customer service hours are before seven or after nine. Well, that sends a message. That tells me as a customer that, well, it's funny as hell. We all, we have all laughed at these posters that you really don't care about me. So is that the value that you want to be passing down to your customers and saying, you've, I value customers and they have that sign up. So, I mean, there may be some little things that, you, that you're very, very surprised at that you've taken for granted for a number of years and you've laughed at. So, I mean, let's go ahead and look at your values. If you can't articulate the values of your business, how do you expect your customers to go ahead and know what you're all about? How can they become fans of yours? So, I mean, we start a little bit with the foundation, and then we start looking at what problem do you have? And your problem may only be a symptom of something even deeper. So we'll, we'll dive down and we'll dig a little bit deeper and find out what that problem is in order to go ahead and resolve it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it definitely seems like quite an endeavor to go in and, and try to find out those items. And I think as, as a business owner myself, one of the, the challenges is you think to yourself, I don't know if I've got the time to be able to spend and s sit around and try to look at all of these things within that time. I can go do uh, more deals, make more money, have more money coming in, and and then I can eventually hire someone to go figure that stuff out afterwards. Um, and and it's funny how oftentimes you just never get around to those items. You just kind of hang around there because you you don't want to invest yourself into really looking deeper on that. Oh, you're right. But Neil, I mean, you, you start with the conversation. What have you committed to doing this year? Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, I'm not looking to go ahead and take you off your target because you're the business owner. But what have you committed to doing this year? What are you struggling with in achieving that? Why hasn't it already been achieved? I mean, we're now four months into the year, um, or at least the calendar year. So, you know, have you made progress? Are you on track? Or are you kind of saying, well, I'll get to it, and boy, that last quarter, everything will fall into place. Mm. Did it last year? Did it the year before? So what makes you think it's going to fall into place this year? So let's have that conversation in order for it to fall into place this year because we planned it to fall into place. Well, here, here's uh, I'll give you an example from, from my own business. One of the things that being in real estate that I see is we tend to we tend to be up and then come down and then up and then down. And so it's not surprising that that business flows that way where we just get extreme demand and then it tapers off and things are quiet and then and then extreme demand. And uh, some of the things that I've done to to try to smooth that out is, you know, you're, you're trying to get more deals on a consistent basis right so that you're you're not always doing this you're and so whether it be email marketing adwords um you know a business development manager that's out there um reaching out to other business partners to to try to bring in those deals and to try to get a steady base and yet i find we're we're still you know, extremely busy and then things quiet down. And is there a way for me to maybe to look at my marketing side and say, how do I, how do I even this out? If, if that was my problem, cause I'm, cause when it gets really busy, Chuck, 
actually, and I'll tell you, this was an interesting story. My my mom came and she stayed with us for four days. And over those four days, I spent about a total of an hour with her. And because literally I was I was working flat out uh, for that time. And now I looked at it and I could say, okay, I've got about a three week period because we got so much activity going on, so many activities going on. And I can see that once those are done, it's going to quiet down. I'll have time to spend with my family. But is there a way for me to to smooth those things out? Or is this, I just have to get used to, that's the nature of my business? Well, some of that is the business condition. I mean, you don't control interest rates. You don't control some aspects. But there are things you can control. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know somebody has to go ahead and pull um, the all the offer papers together for you or, you know, all that, you could go ahead and possibly outsource that to a VA. But there's other things you could do. I mean, connect with, and I'm sure you are, with the Chamber of Commerce. Find other businesses. Because even during downtimes, executives are still moving back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, con- because you, know, you have to look at what, what causes people to buy and sell a house. Well, executives are moving in military areas. Military people are moving. And there are certain seasons that they do that. Real estate agents in those areas certainly know what those seasons are. And they they try and tap into, hey, you're getting ready to move. Let me know. You're on orders. We'll go ahead and, and, and deal with that. But, I mean, tap in with the, the businesses around the area. Are they moving? Are the, the bigger companies, the corporate parts of corporate America? Because the small businesses really aren't moving. Um, so, I mean, there are ways to kind of dig into the market, do the research, and start to understand are you going to get it to, to be absolutely level? Probably not. But can you go ahead and take off some of the peaks and fill in some of the valleys? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, just full disclaimer, I'm not a real estate agent. I'm not a realtor. <laughs> I'm no, a real estate investor and a, and as you guys call it, a hard money lender, a private private lending. And and just a disclaimer, so you guys, when as you're listening to this, um, so you don't call me and ask me to buy or sell a house for you. So, <laughs> um, but yes, there, there are definitely um, those opportunities. The other thing that I've, that for me was hi- starting to hire staff, you know, hiring staff so that they can take that on. And now me as the business owner, I can work on the business rather than being in there working on each and every deal. That was one of the things, and um, and it became very clear that uh, as quickly as I hired, I needed to hire more. I realized, oh my goodness, there's actually sometimes you don't realize how much work you do yourself, and this was one of my insights. And then also uh, not realizing that by you doing all of that, me by me doing all of those things because I'm good and I can execute. I'm actually limiting because the the business and the business growth, because if I had other people to do that, they could, their time is multiplied and they could be bringing in more deals, be bringing in um, more requests, loan requests uh, or the like. And I'm free to sort of work on some of those other things, including business partnerships and the like. So that, that was something that I realized. I mean, and I think you're right there. But, you know, taking on even that first employee, being responsible not just for feeding your family, but ultimately yeah. feeding their family. And that's why yeah. I kind of like the whole virtual assistant thing. Yeah. Now, again, if you want to go ahead and go dirt cheap, you can outsource it to India. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you can go ahead and do it, I don't know, $8, $10, $12 an hour. Or you can go ahead and do it in the U.S. It certainly go ahead, costs more. But you could start to go ahead and get a fraction of a person because everyone says, well, I don't know that I need a whole person. I don't know that I need somebody 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So a virtual assistant is a great way to go. Um, I mean, it's amazing the, the talent that they have out there. You go ahead and start start giving them some work and you start saying, oh, wow, they're doing 10 hours a month, 10 hours a week. Now, all of a sudden, they're, they're starting to do 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week. Well, maybe it's time you're right that I go ahead and take the overhead on of just hiring the individual full time. But I think that's a great in-between because small businesses aren't always sure. 
can I afford to take on that that additional person and be responsible for them? Because ultimately, you know, you don't want to go ahead and hire them one month, fire them, you know, the next month, and then the month after that, hire them again or find somebody else to hire because, you know, your business has ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, one of the, the lessons that I've learned in building my own business was I, I liked building with VAs and independent contractors and built so working with so many different people. And, and when I hired my first employee, the funniest thing happened because I hired them part-time, just like you're saying. Mm -hmm. And inside of a week, I realized I need to hire another person. <laughs> and, and I realized that it was that I was able to, there was so much work that I could get them to do. And that, that's why I shared, I realized that not hiring the employees was, was actually holding me back. Initially, I thought, oh, I can do all of this with virtual assistants. And it's a great place to start, I think, for most people. You know, guys, if you're listening and you're, you're trying to figure out on building a team, yeah, absolutely, I think it's a great place to start. And if you, once you build yourself up, you want to you wanna get employees in there uh, quickly because you can realize so much uh, greater multiples. If you've if you've done the math, you've looked at it. I think a lot of people, business owners, one of the challenges that they have is they're worried on whether they can be consistent, or am I going to tap myself out with <coughs> with hiring an employee? And uh, I think that's probably a big fear for a lot of small business owners. And I, I know that was that was my fear was, <coughs> you know. Will I will I end up taking all of the income that I'm making, and now I'm paying somebody else? What what's the point? And uh, and I think that's a common fear for small business owners is that if I hire someone, you know, what what's right. the point of that? But you know, just like your experience, I think you'll find that there are things that you know you can any business owner can put their time to better use at. Yeah. By offloading some of the stuff and and that VA or that part-time person will help you create those repeatable processes um, to go ahead. I mean, they could do the, your, your social media. Um, they could do, you know, a marketing campaign yeah. and strategy. I mean, yeah. the talents that are out there are absolutely amazing. And there are people who, for whatever reason, um, don't want to work 40 hours a week, you know, and, so, you know, if you only yeah. need 10 hours a week and they only want to work 10 hours a week, what a great marriage. You know, why not take yeah. advantage of that? Yeah. Well, I mean, for those of you guys that don't know, my producer, um, you know, Wyatt, he uh, he's, of course, <laughs> producing the show and uh, and handles all the editing and everything like that. If you guys are interested, contact Cast Flex Media. But <laughs> a little plug there for Wyatt. Um, you know, he's... Uh, He's in Europe right now. He's off of the Mediterranean Sea and and working from there. And that's part of what he enjoys. And that frees me up. Let him do that. Let him travel. Let him do his things. I don't need to worry about that piece. And now here's the most powerful lesson that I learned about hiring employees. And maybe you can say something about this, Chuck, is I learned that when you hire an employee, it actually frees you up as the owner to think about those other pieces, the next part of your vision. It gives you the freedom to have creativity. And I actually heard um, a billionaire talking about this where they said they work about 18 hours a week because they need the time to allow themselves for creativity. And that's how they were able to build to the to the higher and higher levels. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely agree. I mean, and that's where I talk about the difference between working in your business. Because if you are 40, 60, 80 hours a week doing the things that your business requires, you're not getting a chance to work on your business, which is how do I get to that next level? 
what's the next product? What's the next service I'm going to go ahead and sell? And you need that time to sit back away from the business, away from the day-to-day rigors and think. Now, I mean, I can't go ahead and say everybody needs 12 hours or 15 hours or 20 hours a week to go ahead and do that. But, you know, if you can get one or two, that's a start. And you'd be surprised. I mean, I've seen also studies where, you know, people want to go ahead and take off Fridays. And it's not just to go out and have fun. It's to get away from the rigors of everyday life of, of the business to go ahead and think about the business and, hey, what can we go ahead and do, whether it's next week, next month, the next quarter, next year? And you mm-hmm. need that time. Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, a I, valuable lesson for me was in taking Fridays off because being in, in the real estate industry, Fridays, everybody seems to like to close on Fridays. And, and so Fridays for me, tended to be very busy, very tense, and many times could drag into the weekend. And so I I chose, actually one of my business mentors said, all right, take take Fridays off so and start scheduling everything for Thursdays. And so mm-hmm. we started doing that so that if something fell over, it fell over onto the Friday and it didn't bleed into the weekends. And what that also made available was something that you said earlier on in the show, which was it, it allowed me to start taking my wife to brunch on Fridays and spending some time while the kids were at school. Right. And, you know, we were able to enjoy that time, enjoy the sun. And and quite honestly, guys, one of the advantages of going to brunch during, you know, during the week is that there's not a lot of people there. And right. so... The other people that you tend to meet are either retired or they have the same type of freedom. And it's interesting that you get to start meeting people that are, um, you know, perhaps uh, you you can start creating partnerships with people. And you're always wondering, how do I meet people at perhaps a different level? Start taking Fridays off and going for brunch with your wife and uh, and meeting the people in those places because they're obviously doing something right as well. Well, and you helped level out probably some of your supply chain people because, you know, they were being overwhelmed on Fridays. And, you know, by having a little bit more work on Thursday, it helped them. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing what a little adjustment in your business can go ahead and make not only for yourself, but for those others that you rely on in your network. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you, so, you're a business consultant, you're coming in, you're helping people to optimize their businesses, help them to get more time with their families, uh, generate more revenue. You're doing all of these things. Uh, you're helping support them in these areas of their business. What is it for you in your business that you're you're like, oh, I, I need to work on these areas. My business needs to grow in these areas. And do you have a, a business consultant? I have a, a business coach or a business mentor, yes. basically a consultant. Absolutely. Um, I'm in the process right now of getting my first virtual assistant, um, which is why I could speak a lot about it because I'm interviewing a couple of different companies with multiple uh, assistants. Because uh, again, I mean, I've got to take my own advice and, and we're all kind of guilty of not always doing that. But in working with my business coach saying, hey, okay, Maybe it's time. Let's go ahead and explore that. Let's see what things we could take off because I've learned what aspects of my business I don't enjoy and what aspects that I do enjoy. I mean, I love the operations. I'm not great at the sales. I I love like marketing, having a conversation with you on a podcast. Wonderful. Um, But realistically, doing all the outreach on LinkedIn, not my forte. So, you know, is there somebody else who can go ahead and help me do that? Because that's their expertise. That's where their love and joy comes from. Um, and we'll see if we can go ahead and balance that out and expand the business that way. Wow, that's so interesting. Even if uh, if you can run a business without being good or or liking the sales and marketing side of it yourself, that that's amazing. I think a, uh, many people think, oh, I'm not good at this, therefore... I can't, I can't do that. I can't run a business like this. And, and you're literally uh, proof that, that you can go ahead and do that. 
Well, you know, to me, it, it, part of it's the mindset. To me, having a conversation with another individual is absolutely fun. I don't yeah. mind that. So I just have to get it. Well, it's not necessarily sales. It's just having a conversation. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd love at some point in time to, to get to understand what it takes to do a podcast because I'm sure, yeah. you know, the way you set up um, guests ahead of time, the way you have probably some pre-formatted questions just in case the conversation doesn't keep going. Um, I mean, that's all operational stuff to me. And while it's a totally different business than something that I do, I still love operations and I love every aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll, I'll give you an insider secret. One of the things that I do now that uh, I didn't have available to me before was uh, AI, chat GPT. I can literally take someone uh, someone's bio and put it right into chat GPT and ask it to create 20 questions based on this person's background to for a podcast. And it'll literally give me 20 questions that I, I can edit out or I can edit and then just have them sitting at the side. Now, in this case, with uh, my interview here with you, I, I didn't do that because I was quite confident in in the questions that I was going to be asking and, and where this would go because, hey, you're a business consultant and I'm in business and I, I'm going to ask you all this stuff that I'm interested in and uh, and get on you on all the things that I'm, uh, all the areas that I'm crazy in. So, you, you know, I knew that that was going to happen. Um, so, you know, Chuck, what is, what are some of the things that you are, uh, you're working on for yourself and your business and and in life here in 2023 it sounds like maybe a podcast is in your future what what else are you excited about going forward well you know you never know about podcasting i mean it seems to be the way to connect with people so it certainly may be something in my future um i had such a fun time writing my first book that there may be another book out there um mm -hmm. that i can go ahead and write um and to put a well, shame well, tell, actually yeah. i don't want i don't want to i don't want to miss this T tell us a little bit about the book yes i was going to do a, a shameless plug my book is <laughs> hope, hope is not a business strategy um because i don't think we should go ahead and rely on hope we need to take a step away from the business we need to go ahead and, and do a little bit of planning and the subtitle is you know how to take control of your business so it doesn't take control of you so you're not getting those calls all hours of the day. So you're not having to answer the phone constantly because that's when the business is controlling you rather than you controlling your business. Um, I mean, it can be found on Amazon.com. It can be found in BarnesandNoble.com. You can get it electronically. You can go ahead and get it soft cover, hard cover. Um, but again, we'll, I, I we'll put the link in the in the show notes for you guys so you can go check out those links. I appreciate that. But I, I, yeah. I wrote it because I think there's a lot of businesses out there, owners, managers that are just struggling. They don't have enough time. They can't get it done. You know, their boss comes in and heaps more work on them. And they're like, how? You know, they want to go ahead and do the right thing. They want to be customer focused. Um and they just need to be able to get through it. And I wrote the book in a way that you don't have to read it cover to cover. You can go ahead, go toward the back. We've got tips. We've got tricks. We've got ways that you could, you can go ahead and go right to the center of the book, find the part that talks about your problem and say, okay, are there some solutions out there? And I'll give you a couple of alternatives to at least get the, the thought process going. That's great. So guys, if you're, uh, if you're not sure, if you're ready to contact Chuck, go get his book. Start start reading the book and uh, and get some insight. And um, and then of course, uh, Chuck, you're available. We'll we'll put some contact information for you. Where where some of the places that uh, or or the best place for people to reach out and get a hold of you? Best place is on my website, thirteen ten one three t e n dot com. Um, it has links to go ahead and, and reach out, schedule a meeting, have that yeah. conversation. And, yeah. and again, it's all about the conversation. We'll see where it heads from there. We're not charging anybody to have a conversation. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. If you want to go ahead and see a little bit more of my bio, you know, go ahead and look me up there. Great. Well, Chuck, let me let me ask uh, this this one final question just as we, we wrap up here. Um, 
what is it that you know if if someone's like i don't know if i need a business coach or not what is the one thing that you would say that you know hey in this area i can help you crush uh you know your business you can i can help you really grow uh, in this area, what, what's that area for you that you're like, if someone comes to you, you know, this is this is the area you can help them in. I focus on planning, execution, and leadership. I, mean, I think th with those three things, you can go ahead and, and build your business and take it to the next level. But if you don't plan, you you know, and any type of performance is what you accept. If you don't execute and you don't have perf uh, performance metrics, then you know any type of result is okay. And if you can't go ahead and show the leadership, both to yourself, as well as to any people you may or may not have um, working for you, or even your customers, again, they're going to find somebody who does exhibit that leadership. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with KPIs? Yes. Okay. Can, can you just give us a quick explanation of what KPIs and why they're important for someone's business? KPIs are key performance indicators. They're ways to go ahead and say, hey, I'm doing well. I'm not doing well. So sometimes, I mean, you can go ahead and find, I mean, a high level one might be your sales. And it, your sales, if you have sales and it's trending up, you know that that it that's, bodes well for your company. But then you have to have something else that balances that is what are your expenses? Because if your expenses are trending up faster than your sales are trending up, then you know that bodes very poorly for your company. So it's a set of metrics. There's usually multiple metrics. They counterbalance one another. You can't look at one metric and say, hey, I'm doing well. Just like in your car, you don't necessarily just look at the speedometer and know you're doing well. You have to look at the mileage. You have to go ahead and look at the check engine light. You, I mean, there's a number of different metrics that you need to put together that fit your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much. Wait, any parting words there, Chuck, as we're, as we're getting ready to, uh, to close out? There, there are no shortcuts in business. You know, sometimes you have to learn from mistakes, but let them be the mistakes of others. I mean, go out there, read a book, talk to an individual, talk to somebody who's been there, done that. They won't know how it applies exactly to you and your business, but you'll be able to go ahead and pick up all sorts of tips and tricks to say, hey, well, if I change what they did just slightly and apply it to my business, you'll be you'll be steps ahead. Love it. Love it. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you, you sharing your knowledge, your uh your vast wisdom. And then uh, you know, obviously thank you for your for your service as well. I mean, even though I'm from Canada, I, I appreciate uh, your service uh, in the military there in the States. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Neil. Appreciate it. All right, guys. That's a, that's a wrap. Another episode of the Leadership to Wealth podcast. And we will see you again next week. Take care.